Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning back into the podcast, or hello if you're new, I'm Lucy, and yeah, I'm just popping on to introduce today's episode because it is another guest episode. This week I'm chatting to one of my amazing friends, Kapu. I've honestly had so much fun with this episode. I've loved the planning stages, the recording stage, and editing it back just now was so much fun. I just feel so inspired after listening to her and yeah, she has so many cool things to talk about, so many good pieces of advice and genuinely I was just taking notes while I was editing because I've honestly learned so much from her and I hope that everyone listening enjoys the episode because you're in for a treat, it's a great one. If you're off on a walk or anything like that then hope you have a lovely time and yeah it's a good one to listen to slightly longer so yeah find something to do while you're listening and really soak up all the big sister energy that Kapu gives, it's so well worth listening to. So yeah, I hope you're having a lovely day and I'm going to let you get on with the rest of the episode. Enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Space to Learn with me, Lucy, and today I'm joined by one of my very lovely friends, Kapu. Do you want to say hello? Hello. (laughs) We're going to talk about moving abroad for uni and languages and some mental health stuff as well, future plans. So we've got a lot of different things to talk about, but I'll just let Kapu introduce herself. Okay, so hello everyone. I'm Kapu. I'm 20 and I'm basically a French student at the University of Nottingham. And yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we met in our first year in Willoughby which was our hall that we were in and we were, our rooms were like directly opposite each other. So it was nice to have a friendly face from the get go. <laughs> and I remember just talking about just feeling so like in awe of the fact that you'd come from France and you were all on your own. And yeah. I think you were quite nervous to begin with, but <laughs> I was like, so nervous. <laughs> yeah. But we yeah soon made friends and have just been in the same friendship group since then, really. I hope this is a insightful episode for anyone who is thinking about doing a year year abroad or moving abroad for uni or enjoys languages any of the above really but yeah thank you for tuning in and let's get straight into it so Kapu I wanted to first talk about uh, moving abroad for uni because to me that is such an exciting but really scary thing to do Um, and I wondered what was your motivation for moving to the UK like why the UK and why did you want to move from France and yeah just a little bit of your thoughts on that really so it's definitely very daunting and very scary um but i didn't actually plan to stay in the uk um but i was originally an au pair i wanted to be an au pair and i wanted to leave for new zealand but um the uk was the only country that was allowing under 18 uh au pairs to come so i came to london and then once i arrived there i was like yeah I'm staying and mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really think through it really I was just like I knew I felt so good that I wanted to stay and I had such a good intuition about this that um I had to chat with my mom and yeah wow. I just got really excited about <laughs> about this that's cool so you did a gap year didn't you is that right uh yeah so I guess you can call it a gap year yeah. so, um I originally was meant to start uni in France in Paris okay. Um, but I I quickly stopped and I quit basically and then after this I just went to travel and mm. became an au pair. Yeah. So that must have been quite a big 
life like change from just just going from doing uni in France and then completely having a 180 degree switch and moving to the UK what were some of the hardest parts about that oh the language barrier oh my god yes so um that was definitely a big challenge because once I arrived in the UK my English was all right it was like I could make myself understood and so on Mm -hmm. But I find I find it really hard to make meaningful bounds at first, um, just by virtue of I lack some common grounds then that a lot of people had, mm. and especially in freshers, usually end up talking about A levels or stuff like that, mm. uh, which I had no clue what A levels were. <laughs> so it made it a little bit harder at first. That was yeah. one of the big challenges. But apart from that. Covid, <laughs> definitely a big challenge, True. but for everyone. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think having stuff in common is just you really take that for granted, and not having that that must mm. have been really daunting. I guess was also not having your family quite close. Was that hard? I guess even more so with Covid when you had to not be allowed home for mm-hmm. quite a significant period of time. If you want to touch on not seeing your family and did you get homesick at all? Uh, yeah, so that's a, actually a really interesting point. I never got homesick until um, until second year of university. Um, so after a year and a half, uh, because after this, so I came back home for a few months after the first lockdown mm. and then came back to the UK and that's when it really hit me that I was probably going to see my family once or twice a year mm. now and that things for traveling, not just about COVID, but also with the Brexit, were gonna be a little bit more difficult. Mm. Um, And that made me feel really homesick, especially because, you know, there was the second lockdown coming and so on. Um, But it's interesting that I actually didn't really feel homesick at first. Um, It's, I guess the feeling was built up and rainy Sundays are definitely Mm. a trigger because (laughs) that's when you want to be with your parents that's when you want to be with your cat back home and that's something not just international students can experience but like every student um so yeah it was very challenging I think it's also challenging sometimes not to like if you struggle for example to do like an administration stuff like Mm. just uh, like signing it for for a bank account or anything like you don't know the system at all yeah. but you also can't call your family to be like yo can you help me please mm-hmm. um because they have no clue and they don't even understand the language that so, <laughs> so so it's like i had to make a few mistakes to learn and i probably answered yes to a couple of things that i should have <laughs> <laughs> i should have asked them to repeat the question but yeah we yeah. live we learn we grow mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been... Because I feel like for me, moving to uni, you get independence for the first time and you're kind of out on your own, but not having your family support and not having that guidance of, like you said, the admin stuff that I kind of take for granted, that must have been really tricky. Um, Do you remember having like the Sunday blues, I guess you could call it, um, before that? Were you you kind of... Because I remember on a Sunday night, I always used to get kind of yeah just the weekend's over and you feel a bit sad about like oh it's Monday tomorrow that kind of thing yeah I wonder if you had that growing up or if that was just something as a result of moving um 
I did have I'm quite a, a nostalgic person mm. so I did have the Sunday blues before but the like the actual difference when you feel homesick is that you really feel like I don't know like like you're missing something mm. there and you know exactly what that thing is you know it's just like simple details like my cat I've yeah. talked about her before <laughs> but but no just my family so like when you're 18 and you're very young or in your 20s and you start going abroad you're kind of like blinded by the excitement and mm. yeah sure you know you're gonna feel a bit homesick but what you actually don't realize sometimes is that you're well first you'll miss out on important steps of your family's or friends mm. uh, life like I'm never there for my sibling's birthday and that's like that kind of counts you know because yeah. it's weird it's a really weird feeling but I think on top of that it's more um something that I don't think many young people think about is that if something happens back home mm. if something bad happens you're not going to be there and that is something you need to accept and I definitely haven't found a lot of people that can relate to that mm. because well if something happens for most UK students well they can come back home I know France is not that far but it's actually kind of pricey to go yeah. back home and especially with like all the self-isolation periods and so on like in Covid it, it's a bit of a nightmare yeah. so so you know tricky tricky <laughs> yeah but it's definitely something that you know you don't really think about and then you grow up a little bit and then yeah yeah definitely. yeah so yeah there's seems like there's a lot of um things that are pretty challenging but i wondered you mentioned at the start about trusting that you kind of knew you were in the right place and you went to london and just had a gut feeling about it has that been something that you think you've made a good decision on or like yeah. have you enjoyed living here and <laughs> how have you found uni in general a bit more positive side maybe <laughs> yeah because I, I guess i've uh, brushed upon the negative stuff yeah <laughs> but this is all being compensated by the positive mm -hmm. stuff here i i enjoy my life in the uk like beyond what i can express i i've met so many amazing people um and like every day i like it's just such an amazing feeling to wake up every day and to be like whoa i'm mm. actually here i've made yeah. it like it's just such a great feeling and i really enjoy it. the uni culture here is really different from the uni culture back in france yeah. and i think this one actually fits me better so um, yeah trust your intuitions because mm. sometimes you don't really know why but you feel like you're in the right place and then a couple of years later you kind of look back and you're like yeah well that makes a lot more sense yeah. now that's so cool i think it definitely takes a lot of guts but like you said you know that you're in the right place so you haven't got that nagging feeling in the back of your mind being like oh what if i'd have mm -hmm. moved what yeah. if i'd have done that what if i'd have taken that leap so yeah i think that's really inspiring yeah. <laughs> um also i think it's so incredible how your english is literally incredible so when did you start learning english and have you always enjoyed it how have you found learning languages this is where you need to like stop me when i talk because this is my <laughs> degree so i i enjoy linguistics so much, sorry yeah. i enjoy linguistics so much that i could talk about it for hours but learning a language is never something you do overnight mm. unless you're some kind of genius which doesn't happen for most people no. <laughs> um so at first i wasn't really interested in english um what got me interested in english is the fact that um, my sister was 
amazing at it and and also when you're living in a non-english uh, speaking country a lot of the things you hear or watch are in english mm. and it's that curiosity too but what they're saying like yeah. what they're actually saying and so there was um that was definitely involved but my immense admiration for my big sister especially when you're like a kid and you grow mm. up and you're like yeah my sister <laughs> that definitely helped and then this motivation was prolonged mm. is that what yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> prolonged by um well the really positive experiences i had in school um but at first i like i started i'd say when i was about um, 11 properly mm. learning english but i think the shift in my learning happened when i started watching everything i used mm. to watch in english uh, with subtitles or i used to listen to a lot of you know english artists and so on and then it's such an incredible feeling when you start understanding the, la the language a tiny bit and you're like oh my god yeah. i know what they're saying and that's what keeps the motivation going so i would say it was like three things involved for my english a lot of time mm -hmm. on top of everything a lot of time i can't stress this enough yeah. um and then i guess role models that really like triggered an interest and nurtured an interest in the language for me yeah. um positive experience at school um I don't know if you have any teachers listening, but <laughs> please don't be harsh on the students. That's yeah. really not cool. And um, and yeah, so also this with an an early exposure to the language and a and a constant one. So something that's like a little bit um part of your routine and being curious in the culture because it's amazing. Yeah, you're not yeah you're not just learning a language. You you're learning about other people, and I think it's I think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Your your passion for it really comes across. <laughs> I love it because I love languages as well. I think well, obviously I'm nowhere near as good as you, but I have been studying French and I love learning French. Yeah. Um, so I definitely relate to that. And when you kind of start to pick up on little phrases and things, and you mm. can start to understand people, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, and you can really see the progress. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely agree. But yeah, you mentioned you had some role models. I wonder mm. if you wanted to elaborate more on that. Who were your role models for? learning languages <laughs> um my role models were my siblings in general mm. i think um my big sister definitely because she was so amazing at english that um so teachers we had in common would call me by her name <laughs> um and that was like i i didn't think it was such a bad thing because i was just like yeah because my sister is just this cool yeah. so <laughs> so yeah fair enough um and she just her English were like like was uh, amazing to the teachers like the teacher the teacher sorry would stop um sometimes in the class and would ask her for a vocabulary wow. word <laughs> like that's how good she was and I mean we've talked about this before and obviously she's not a genius I mean I love her but it was obviously a lot of work involved mm. I think a lot of people when they think about second languages they think oh yeah this is so hard I'm never going to manage and it's because it takes years mm. like I'm not done learning the language I'm still learning every day and it took me what so like about 10 years to reach that level yeah. so so definitely take all the time you need mm. um yeah and I think other role models could include like some really great teachers that really nurtured the interest for the language 
also teachers that insisted on the fact that the accent you embrace has no importance whatsoever mm. it's not about the accent i mean that's my personal opinion anyway but yeah but, <laughs> but it's not about the accent it's about if you manage to convey meaning in your sentence Definitely. and um the language belongs to the people who speak it so so yeah don't listen to people bringing you down because of your accent mm. <laughs> yeah i've never heard that before i've never heard anyone kind of comment on accents i guess i've never really i don't think anyone's kind of commented on my accent speaking french so i've never really thought about it but mm. that's really interesting um yeah you could, i think it's so true that it's about being able to express yourself mm -hmm. and just because there's so many different ways of expressing things in different languages and for me that's so fascinating like there'll be a different word that doesn't even exist in your language yeah. and it just has this meaning and that's so cool but yeah. yeah um is there anything i guess you kind of mentioned some of your tips but maybe what would be your number one piece of advice for kind of getting by if you aren't confident in the language that you're speaking when you've moved abroad so i think there's a couple of tips mm -hmm. um don't compare yourself especially not to native speakers because obviously they speak the language um to an extent that you can't possibly uh, do it at now for yeah. first uh, so don't even don't like don't even compare yourself to others other learners because everyone's learning at if if mm, sorry okay. at a different pace and everything you know it's all valid yeah um don't be too harsh on yourself your brain is like a muscle some days you'll be able to make sentences like it's as easy as walking mm. and some days well you know like i think you've noticed because some when we hang out sometimes i'm like oh my god i'm sorry i can't <laughs> speak english today and it's just like yeah because your brain is a muscle yeah. like it just you can't be on top of your game every day Definitely. um i think there's a lot of apps there you can talk to native yeah. speakers too uh that's really helpful to have this like intimate connections to the language mm. if you find someone that you can speak the language with that's priceless mm. that's really amazing um so talk to people uh and if you're a bit too shy um which is completely fair enough maybe listen as much as you can to mm. the language just really listen to because your brain comprehends a lot more than what you think i think mm. That's great advice, thank you. I'll be taking all that on board. <laughs> um, and I also find it amazing that you, so for anyone that doesn't know, um, Kapu does an English, lang English language or English literature? Uh, or so both? it's both, both. it's creative writing. Okay, so English with creative writing, which considering it's not your native language is just insane. I don't know how you do it. Um, so have, have you um, always been interested in English literature and English books or is that kind of just been like how did you decide on that degree I guess uh, I actually um, decided on creative writing more than the English literature part and then as I arrived at uni I realised linguistics was amazing mm. and that's what I wanted to do um, but creative writing was my initial interest and yeah um, so in France there weren't really degrees that would teach you creative writing because mm. um I don't know, I don't want to make generalities, yeah. uh, but I think part of it may stem from the fact that French people think it's like writing is just a talent and it's not an actual job that you work okay. on. Um, 
Whereas there's something I really enjoy about England is that they view arts in a slightly different way. Mm. Um, so yeah, creative writing was my in- initial interest, sorry. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and as well as doing your degree and everything, you also tutor French as well, don't you, part-time? <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's a woman of many talents <laughs> so how's it been teaching French to other people is it really interesting or kind of just something you do for some money that you can make use of your skills <laughs> I mean it's both yeah. <laughs> um, it's so interesting but again that's because I have this passion about like languages and, mm. and linguistics um, but it's just like what I find really like rewarding is the little things mm. like my students sometimes used to like not be able to build a grammatical correct sentence and I can and I'm like oh my god that's that's amazing that's really cool and and that's just like that's so rewarding but also it's so interesting in terms of how the human brain works like mm. not that I'm like analyzing my student <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not using him as an as an experiment but um but more like it's this practical applying I guess mm-hmm. of what you do in your degree or like because you actually get to see it in real life because like in linguistics you study how people may learn languages mm-hmm. so so now you see it like you see it in real life and it's just like it's brilliant yeah the human brain like is brilliant like <laughs> It's so fascinating. And my housemate, Anna, does neuroscience and she'll just tell me about the brain sometimes and it's so cool. Like, I know. linguistics is really fascinating. So that's, if, is that something you want to do in the future? Uh, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, providing I get the grades and the money, yeah. basically. <laughs> cool. So we're going to switch up a little bit and talk about mental health and relationships and breakups and that kind of thing because... <laughs> For me, when I have when I broke up with my boyfriend back in October, you were such a big help to me, and I just think it's really lovely that you not lovely, but obviously I don't wish the that situation on you. But mm. having someone that you can relate to and that has been through it and knows what it's like in that mm. situation was so invaluable. So um, I wondered if you have any thoughts on what the best approaches when you go through a breakup or if you wanted to just give some advice I know you gave some really good advice to me so I'm just gonna put you on the spot and (laughs) ask you that question um well that's thank you (laughs) um yeah we love to be the breakup friend Mm -hmm. if um yeah sometimes (laughs) yeah but um it, it sounds so cliche but giving yourself as much time as you need mm. um some people need a month a week to get over a breakup some need a year or two and both are completely valid people have the right to move on whenever they want and whenever they feel like like they're they're healed yeah. um that's like i think the biggest advice oh the second advice um is i, I think i've maybe mentioned it to you but Probably. it's like this thing that people say about any morning process that you first have to go through the denial stage mm. and then the angry stage and then you know like the six the, yeah yeah, stages, yeah, yeah. Of grief, yeah stages of grief which fair enough so I think it's probably working for some people but what I found really difficult to discover by myself <laughs> is that um it doesn't actually happen like that easily like yeah. it's not like the stages don't 
really happen one by one in this really neat way mm. it's like kind of like everything at the same time like sometimes you feel really angry and then the next day you'll feel like no I'm, I'm gonna call him back I'm you know this, <laughs> we're doing this <laughs> and then the next day you'll you'll be like I don't know accepting yeah. it's like my mom used to tell me it's three steps forward and then the next day two steps backwards yeah. And then that's how you move on, yeah. like baby steps and baby steps. And also surround yourself with people that are not going to try and sort of undermine what you're feeling just mm. because they haven't gone through it or they haven't experienced it. Um, yeah, find people that know what you're talking about and that can help you. Um, yeah definitely something i wish i had like when i was like 16 back then and oh, i was yeah. like going through it but oh yeah and this amazing uh podcast that you um that you told me to listen oh, like yeah. um uh, just break up yeah just break up podcast mm. um i mean yeah just with the title thing you can easily <laughs> understand that they they talk about love in general and and all its hardships yeah um and it's really brilliant so is there anything that i had told you that I remember, I remember you saying to, to me about the three steps forward, two steps mm. back, and that really stuck with me because whenever I was having like a, mm. like not really a relapse, but you know what I mean, like not feeling so good about it, I was just like, okay, right, this is fine. This is just two steps back. And then in a few days, I'll be three steps forward mm -hmm. again and it's fine and still making progress. So that, mm. that definitely helped. And I remember you saying as well, I we came around to your house and... Um, you were like oh it was only think about a week after we'd broken mm. up so I was still pretty like upset yeah, and you were like oh yeah so it's gonna be about six months until you start feeling like completely <laughs> fine and I was like what <laughs> six months but you meant exactly what you said earlier about it being mm. a long process and it taking time mm -hmm. which was really helpful it just in the moment I was like what <laughs> because so so when I went through my breakups um I went to, I went through like two kind of like heart breakups but mm -hmm. at a very young age and and I'm someone very sensitive as well so like um it was intense mm -hmm. um <laughs> but I didn't really have those people around me that could relate to what I was going through and that's definitely like something I wish I had found out not by myself but something had warned me about is that I know in the movies people get over a breakup in a week or two and then next episode they're all fine they're yeah. on tinder and they're you know <laughs> like they're sleeping around and so on and like that's fair enough if that's you if that's not you don't worry yeah. it's absolutely normal yeah, <laughs> yeah it kind of gets glamorized a bit doesn't it yeah. and everyone's like oh yeah you'll just move on it's fine just just get over it but yeah knowing that it is normal to have to like think about it and mull over it and kind of work out how you feel and actually do the hard work to move on rather than it just kind of happening yeah I think that was quite helpful yeah definitely and um something my therapist kept telling me at the time is like yeah there's nothing in life that human beings can't get over mm. apart from um this is going to sound really uh, sad but <laughs> the loss of a child yeah. um because that is obviously something that i can't even comprehend or nor imagine yeah. um but apart from that <laughs> there's nothing that the human brain like can't get over you, it's just yeah, yeah definitely. if yeah if you're going through it right now like <laughs> you'll you'll be fine you actually will <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yeah just soak up all this big sister advice from Kapu and you'll be fine <laughs> that's what I did <laughs> um yeah I think it's just knowing that other people have gone through it as well and it's quite easy to think oh this is a really unique situation to me like no one else has ever experienced this before but people break up all the time and it's really normal so Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up about feeling hard um feeling sad about it um yeah very very normal thing and i guess everyone deals with it differently so like you were saying before comparing yourself to others is probably not the most helpful thing you can do oh yeah and sorry i just thought about it it now (laughs) also social media is like they will yeah, that's so the true. pictures trigger you like just get off with them please yeah. do for your own sake <laughs> yeah no that's what I did I it was about a week after and then I was like right no this is too much yeah <laughs> you just yeah block on stuff and it's not mean like it is just doing yeah, yourself yeah. a favor it's being kind to yourself mm-hmm. so yeah don't feel Guilty. bad about doing mm-hmm. it yeah definitely no. yeah and like as you say like social medias are like it's like, it's a really tricky thing because nowadays I think maybe it's just me I don't want to make generalities again uh-huh. I think I've noticed this phenomenon where after a breakup you can if you follow two people there will be this like competition mm. to to find out who gets over the breakup first who is happy first and like so you'll see people posting loads of smiley pictures and so on yeah but if that's if that's not you if you're still going through it that's also so valid like don't mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to be the first one to be happy again to get over the breakup again like yeah just mm. be kind with yourself mm. yeah not com- not comparing yourself to other people but also to your ex yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely good advice there um and you're happy in a relationship now you're going out yeah. with one of our friends anthony um i guess how how has that been like if you want to touch on some more positive things about relationships that'll be cool <laughs> i keep asking you questions about all the negatives of your life i'm really sorry <laughs> yeah no i'm really happy yeah <laughs> um yeah so i i i tell i tell him that actually sometimes but being with um with him is like i think the healthiest relationship i've been in that's so lovely and it's like I'm so grateful for it every day. Every day I'm realizing that, oh my God, this is how it feels to like be in a relationship where you can be loved and loved back and you can communicate in a healthy way. And it's just amazing. There's no word. And maybe I say that and I'll get broken up within a couple of weeks and I'll be like, oh fuck. (laughs) No, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, it's just nice. Like you seem to just have a really good dynamic and I think it's something that like I definitely hope for that in the future just having a really healthy adult relationship Mm. seems really nice and that podcast that you mentioned as well the just break up podcast that has really helped me to see what a healthy relationship should look like because often you just you accept things and you're like oh well that's just normal but it's it's not half the time yeah especially with first loves I think there's mm. because it's so intense and and I'm not like I'm not judging like it's amazing that it's so intense but because it's so intense and because there's so many things going on and you don't really have any other models than your parents which um well if you have parents like mine it might be a bit dysfunctional <laughs> so so yeah there's a lot of times where I feel like I because it was so intense you think it's part of the of the the passion i guess and it's also very glamorized in 
movies toxicity in relationship can yes. be really glamorized yeah. so if you like i remember at the end of the relationship with my ex we used to like argue quite a lot about why wasn't i messaging mm -hmm. in on time or why wasn't he messaging on time Definitely. <laughs> and like it's like if i had known back then what a healthy relationship was I would have known how to set boundaries. Yeah. I would have known how to be like, I answer whenever the fuck I want to answer. Mm. And and you can, you know, if it's not yeah. like I'm going to ignore it for two days, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, definitely. That was a, that's kind of ringing a lot of bells for yeah. me as well. Um, I think it's all good experience though, isn't it? Because you only really learn that sort of thing from experiencing mm. it and knowing where your boundaries are. So. Yeah, even though you said you wish you'd known it before, I guess that kind of was you learning yeah. it and I definitely think the same for me. So yeah, just if yeah, like we said, if you're going through a breakup right now, it gets easier and yeah, there's so, so many good examples of really <laughs> healthy relationships out there. So don't settle for anything yeah. less than that, I guess. Cool. And other than that, because obviously relationships aren't everything, is there anything you do kind of regularly any habits you have to maintain good mental health i know that for me things like yoga and journaling are really helpful if you found anything that helps you kind of maintain a good headspace in your day-to-day -day life yeah well actually i started journaling because i listened to your podcast <laughs> oh, wow. and i was like oh yeah this is this is a thing i guess we're doing it now <laughs> um yeah i Apart from that, I used to be that person for years and years that used to ignore, um, I guess, the advice that people gave me to do sports regularly. Um, I used to be that person until I wasn't. Um, and I, I think it's when we started running for this charity. Yeah. I don't know. It really just like helped me realize that it is just part, straight up part of your mental balance. Mm. Is that a thing? Yeah. Mental balance? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... So there's this and journaling and not um, being scared of asking for help, not reach, not being scared of reaching for help. Mm. I think there's also a way now that I've learned how to communicate about my mental health to people, a way where I'm not presenting the issue as like something they need to fix, yeah. but more, well, this is what's going on. I'm slightly confused. Um, I just need to feel like um, you care about me and... Mm and I'm loved and and it's not indeed the fact that I'm the worst person on the planet yeah. and, <laughs> and nobody likes me you know like, yeah definitely it's just, sometimes it's just helpful to talk out or to journal about it and just get the thoughts mm -hmm. out of your head because I know I just overthink all the time I think we're quite similar like that we're quite okay. quite like not emotional but almost like in tune with how we're feeling yeah. I think we're quite similar in that way so yeah I definitely have to just get stuff out of my head and think about it and talk about it and try and work things out and work out how I'm feeling so yeah not asking people for explanations or solutions, solutions yeah. yeah but just someone to talk through it with is helpful yeah. I guess and yeah I definitely yeah. agree with running as well just exercise in general is mm. so much more helpful than you think and no one wants to hear that advice no one wants to hear like oh yeah just exercise and you'll be fine but it genuinely helps so much and yeah yeah, yeah oh my god like i can't even explain it but dopamine dopamine mm. is oh my god <laughs> <laughs> did you know um, because i didn't but did you know like after, i think after 40 minutes of exercise that your brain just 
releases dopamine really yeah yeah like it's amazing like yeah. human brain guys <laughs> literally and I remember you asking me one time when we were I think we were like making pancakes at your house <laughs> and I remember you saying oh what, what do you what would you want to do in five years time or ten years time I can't remember which one mm. um and I was just like wow I don't really have an answer but that's a really cool question <laughs> so then I went away and thought about it and I'd like to ask you the same question so do you okay. have any idea of where you see yourself in five or ten years time um I've got an ideal vision <laughs> yeah. I think in five years okay so I'm gonna be 25 wow scary <laughs> uh, yeah that is a bit scary um <laughs> I think I want to have like or be in the way of doing a PhD mm. in linguistics applied linguistics and and second language learning I don't know if you can tell it's a bit of a mind <laughs> <laughs> thing um, but um yeah so that would be the ideal situation provided one that I get the grades be that I get the money that's pretty much the only thing I can think about because apart from that uh, everything is very unstable in yeah, life so yeah. <laughs> do you reckon you'd like to live in other countries or would you prefer to go back to France or stay here or yeah definitely traveling is always mm-hmm. um like I've always had this conviction since I was a, a girl that I wanted to travel and that's what was making me happy so if I can again if I have the money if the Brexit is not too much mm-hmm. of a True. struggle yeah. <laughs> um yes i would like to travel i would love to go to new zealand yeah. has always been my number one but then really anywhere i'd be happy just get me on a plane somewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah new zealand was beautiful and um, i'd love to go to australia and yeah. i'd love to live in france as well might do a little switcheroo oh, with you oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that would be really cool yeah travel is just so exciting i think and especially because we've not really been able to do anything the last year. I think it's even more exciting now. And I'm going to finish by asking you the question that I ask to all of my guests on the podcast. So what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Um, I thought about two. If you allow Go for it. <laughs> um, the so more the better. The first one is was given by one of my closest friends back home, Emma. And she told me when doing one of the few moments where I was doubting me being in England and whether I had made the right decision because sometimes you can feel like you don't really belong and so on Mm -hmm. and she told me you're always at the right place in life there is not a moment where you're not in the right place you're always in the right place like no matter where you go no matter Mm -hmm. what decision you make this is where you had to go and this is where you were meant to go and it's always the right decision it's Mm -hmm. always the right you know unless you've been forced to but that's something completely different yeah and the second advice I thought about it because we were talking about breakups is um, I know a lot of people carry a baggage once they go through their first breakup and then it gets really hard to commit again to trust someone again mm. just to be really vulnerable with someone yeah. again and one advice again that my therapist gave me is that um, whatever relationship you're going to get yourself into it will end no matter what, no matter how, like after how many years, it mm-hmm. will end one day. And the whole beauty of relationships is that you have to go back into them knowing this. And that's how you start to really enjoy the relationships because mm-hmm. you know there's an end date to it. Yeah. And yes, you will get hurt. If you're scared, you're gonna get hurt again. Yes, you will get hurt. <laughs> but it's the, it's the beauty yeah. of the game and 
I keep like reminding myself of that whenever I have like I don't know negative thoughts about you know being scared of like discovering someone else and mm. being in a relationship with someone else but yeah that's really that's really like deep when you break it down because mm. you can't go through life just expecting every, everything to be easy and mm. to not have to have any pain at all like that's not how it works so yeah making choices based on what's like meaningful to you and what's the right thing in your heart rather than just oh what's going to avoid the pain and what's not yeah. going to hurt because you yeah, like you said everything kind of comes to an end yeah wow that was great yeah, advice was <laughs> no that was great <laughs> um well thank you so much for coming on i've had such a good time and i've really enjoyed this i think i've learned a lot from all of your <laughs> words of wisdom and stuff so thank you for giving up your time to come on the podcast and any last words or anything you want to say yeah, thank you so much for having me it was lovely <laughs> i'm glad you enjoyed it and thank you to everyone for listening it's probably been a bit of a longer episode than usual but we're Very like fun. to chat no it's cool <laughs> it's great um and yeah i hope you're having a lovely day hope everything's okay with you if you've got exams at the moment then good luck um hope they're going all right and i'll be back again next wednesday for another episode bye bye <laughs>